Welcome to the Garden of Belonging, a podcast exploring the things that help us belong to ourselves and the things that get in our way. I'm your host, Kim K. Gray, a life coach for good girls and people pleasers, dedicated to helping them know, trust, and courageously share their voices. In this podcast, we will explore topics such as self-knowledge, self-trust, self-acceptance, and self-expression. The world needs our unique gifts. It's time we connect with our inner voice and show up fully as ourselves. Today, I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Gretchen Seacrest Kehan. She is dedicated to the unveiling, healing, and rising of the sacred feminine. She is a trained transformational coach, priestess of the Rose from the Rosa Mystica lineage, sacred space holder, and founder of DaughtersRising.net. Gretchen is devoted to the inner journey and descent necessary to know thyself and arise empowered, sovereign, and connected to your soul path. Gretchen, thank you for joining me today on the Garden of Belonging podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, so excited. So this season, I'm talking with folks all about um, how we can honor ourselves. So I'm curious when I say honor yourself, like what comes up for you? What does that look like for you? Um, How is that most present in your life? That's such a deep question right now (laughs) for where we're all at. Yes. Um, when you ask me that, what comes up is this sense of self. Um, so how can I honor my sense of self? And that is being said in a world where there's a lot pulling at me. And so for me, the ways I honor myself is to tend to myself. Mm. Um, you know, there's that saying, I think we were all taught when we, those of us who are mothers became mothers, um, you know, it's like, if your cup is empty, you can't fill other people's cups. Um, so for me, it's really important to check in with myself to see what's needed so I can continue to show up in the way I desire to show up, be it in my family, in my home, in my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does that look like you for you on a daily basis? Mm. Ritual. Mm. So for me, um, it's really important to create ritual in the morning. Um, and that can be just five minutes when I have it, or it can be half an hour. Um, but I, I like to spend some quiet time with myself just to center and just honestly to be in my own energy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I still have children who, who tend to want to be near me, Um, even as they get older, um, which is interesting. But for me, I really need to ground in myself and in my, in my connection with self and with source. Um, Spending time in nature is essential to me. Um, Taking walks, even just like around our property here. I'm surprised there's not like a beaten down path in our (laughs) yard, but I do a lot of walking outside. Um, because I've found through the years that time in nature really fuels me and centers me and, and empowers my um, ability to discern and to be in my own energy and release what's not mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you um, how do you balance kind of that short term tending on a daily basis with mm-hmm. the longer term efforts that you might need? Gosh, that's such a good question. Um, 
Because I do think it's like the short term adds up to the long term. Mm-hmm. It's like um, an exercise program, right? Like getting your reps in every day will really create change. Um, so for me, really setting in a daily intention to ritualize and to be in my energy and release what's not mine and, and to tend to myself and my needs. Um, and then long-term, you know, I have this question, like, what do you mean by, what is long-term? Like, Mm. what does that even look like right now? Um, I feel like that's shifting so much. So I'm actually called to be even more present than normal these Mm -hmm. days. Um, And I feel like that will support the long-term. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of feel that too, is if we're, if we are tending to ourselves on a daily basis, it's almost like you wouldn't necessarily need that long-term because you're just keeping your cup full, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it supports the long-term, whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You do a lot of work with archetypes in the sacred feminine, and I'm curious how you find that supports you and your clients Mm -hmm. with honoring self. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, it's deeply nourishes and supports different facets of who we are as individuals and as women. I tend to work with more women than men. Um, and what I've found for myself and then what's working with clients is the archetypes give us kind of a doorway in to, a, to one essence of who we are. And almost always there's something there to be revealed that needs to be massaged or worked through or a shadow that we haven't considered yet or, um, or just an opportunity to deepen in with another facet. Like, for example, like the mother archetype is so wide and expansive and we all carry mother wounds, but, you know, working with the mother archetype or with, um, you know, our inner warrioress archetype, it kind of gives you permission to drop in even deeper Mm. to understand these different nuances that exist within you that may not show on a day-to-day basis, but are always there and present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that, um, that sense of sort of like narrowing in to a specific thing it's like yeah. you're saying like with like the mother archetype and you know you don't have to be a mother to no. to like have that that archetype present within you um and just giving attention to that like one piece mm-hmm. there's something about that that just feels um feels honoring and important yeah because um we're not all we we don't live in a society that honors all parts of who we are mm-hmm. so we really need to claim that for ourselves to really step into our sovereignty, to step into all that we are able, capable and desire to become. And it's, it's almost like when you hear that calling, um, to follow it, um, inside, inside of who you are, and then you'll find just a treasure trove of different archetypal energies or guides or, um, different life experiences that are coming up to work with and through. Yeah. And it's interesting. You brought up the warrior archetype and then talked about how, you know, the society doesn't necessarily let us honor all these pieces of ourselves. And the warrior archetype seems like a key one where, you know, like too much warrior archetype and you are seen as like an angry woman or, um, 
or something like that. And so finding a way to really make peace with that piece of us and know that it's sacred and um, helpful is big. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions that I got from my community when I asked uh, what they wanted to know about honoring themselves was a question around like, okay, what are some ideas for things that I can do either free or low cost? Mm -hmm. What comes up for you with that? <laughs> so I'm queen of Epsom salt baths. Mm -hmm. um, so Epsom salt baths, have been huge for me this past year. And actually even earlier on when I was going through a journey with grief, um, I just found them so supportive. Um, so my husband laughs at me, but I just bought like 10 more pounds of Epsom salts. <laughs> um, so that's low cost. That really doesn't cost that much. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, most of my practices are free or low cost because there's this practice I call of solitude. And that's just finding that quiet space within yourself. And it can be, you know, if you are a mother, it can be once the kids are in bed or throughout the day, like just finding those little pockets of time to carve out to honor yourself. I journal or I light a candle and um, just can quickly drop in, but it's taken me a while to be able to do that quickly and easily. Um, and I think for me, it's around giving myself permission to do these practices throughout the day when I need them, mm -hmm. like stepping away when I know it's going to escalate or I know I need to tend to myself first mm -hmm. and giving myself permission to have a bath in the afternoon if I need one. <laughs> How do you, I'm curious, like, I think one of the big struggles um, for moms, and I am a mom, um, is is that giving yourself permission yeah. and, and then making the space. So what has helped you to be able to do that? Honestly, being um, truthful with my kids mm. because I find I could escalate. They can escalate very easily. And so can I. So sometimes like our energy together is just a lot. And I know what happens when that occurs. And so by modeling the stepping back and regulating my nervous system and getting my own space. For me, that's what works. Um, it doesn't always work for others, but I'm hopeful that by me modeling it for them, it gives them permission to do that as they need it as well. Yeah. Does that make sense? And even, I mean, even just sometimes I just do another lap around the yard. I don't take a bath every afternoon, but um, yeah, it just, stepping away and be telling them why I'm stepping away um, and asking for support. You know, um, I am privileged to have a partner. And so I can ask him when I can feel myself getting there that I need, I need support right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. I think that we often forget that we can ask for support because it can feel like, I don't know, like for me personally, asking for support in the past has felt very like, um, like I'm a burden that I'm leaning on someone. But then when I realized sort of the other side of how much I like to give and support people when they need help, then I can remind myself like, Hey, these people are there because they love me and they want to, yeah. they want me to ask for their help. You know, that feels good for them to support me in that way. Yes. And I feel like we, somewhere along the lines, at least for me, like I was taught to, 
to not ask for support, like to be self-sufficient. And that was a big um, learning curve for me. Even just this past year, like I held out asking for support for so long and then realized I really can't do it all alone. Like I am not, and we're not meant to. Mm -hmm. Um, So asking for support here and there in safe ways, of course, but um, it's been really, it's just taken off some weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Cause it's a lot to carry that idea that you have to carry it all. You know, I think we, we in America or in the U S there's sort of this, this culture of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and independence. Right. And of like pushing through adversity all on your own. And we love to like read these stories of the people who just like push through all these things by themselves, but like, those are just like a few stories. And like you said, we just aren't meant to be like that. Like we are built to be in community. Absolutely. And that's why, like, I love the name of your podcast and what you're all about because, you know, that sense of belonging, that garden of belonging, it takes more than two hands, you know, it, it, there's so much support around. And I think right now we just have to kind of get strategic and creative around finding ways to support one another. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So how does honoring your joys look for you and how do you navigate that admits, um, excuse me, amidst the struggles and pains of others? Mm, Well, I am a, I do believe we should honor our joys and um, I'm big into celebrating the little wins and the joys because there's something around, there's something around um, joy being a healer. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, I'm thinking back to when I was, caring for my dad who lived with us for a few years and he was in a lot of physical pain. Um, And he would want us to celebrate the little joys because by us celebrating joy or happiness or little wins here and there, it's almost like it was contagious and it kind of opened up an opportunity for him to find that joy or find that spark of joy, even if it was in others. Mm. Um, and so I feel for me, I can honor my joy when it's not at the expense of another, when I can, I know if something I'm celebrating is like deep and embodied and can benefit others, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's healing there. Yeah. I like what you said there about honoring your joy when it's not at the expense of another. That seems like a nice, um, just way to discern. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were explaining about that idea of sort of, um, celebrating through others' joys, I just think of like all the sort of videos that get shared sometimes where, you know, you just see this child so excited about whatever and just how, watching those videos of even these people we don't even know just fills our hearts. Absolutely. So yeah. 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 Yeah, There's definitely something there. So on the flip side, 
What about your pains? Like, how do you honor your pains? And um, what does that look like? Okay, so. Hmm. Well, I guess the first question is like, does it make sense to honor your pain? Is that something that we should do? Absolutely. Um, for me, for me, on my path, it's been um, really healing to honor my pain and to bear witness to pain is an act of healing. Mm-hmm. Because for me, like if I can sit with my pain and I'm in a space where I can be with the pain, that's the first thing. If, I, if I'm not grounded or centered or in a space to hold my pain, I can't. And it will leak out in other ways that are going to be negative to others. So when I'm in a space where I can sit with my pain, I do. And I have a process where I I listen to it and it's almost as if I can have a conversation with the pain. Um, Because what I have found is there's always something to be uncovered in the pain. And for me, it's usually grief Hmm. or anger or shame. Um, which is here to be witnessed mm-hmm. um, and healed. And then, you know, I can walk alongside of it and not be scared of the pain anymore. Mm-hmm. What supports you to make that space, to have that time to sit with it? I think the schedule I've created, um, which is, I will say, shifting and changing constantly, but it is a commit. I think it's the commitment, the mm-hmm. commitment to having that time for myself. And for me, I found like, I'm just that I'm a kind of person that needs time alone to process. Um, so I've carved out little chunks here and there where I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is that's a big piece of all of this of honoring ourselves is the commitment, making that choice mm-hmm. and commitment to carve out space. Yeah. Totally. So what about when honoring yourself means doing something uncomfortable? Whether it's uncomfortable for you or uncomfortable mm-hmm. for someone else, how do you approach that? Mm. Well, for me, I usually have to move through some layer of guilt there. Mm. Um, So it's really discerning, you know, what is the guilt and what is my truth um, to move through that sense of being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then around making someone else uncomfortable, how do I approach that? So I learned a while ago that it wasn't my job to balance the energy of others. Mm. And that was really important for me to own and to understand. And so when I know I'm speaking my truth or standing in my wisdom or doing something that is a benefit for self or for others or for what we're trying to co-create in our world, I can move through, um, that terrain that can be really rocky and scary in a way that binds me to 
truth and wisdom and I can I ask and call in for support you know seen and unseen but there's always support around us and so I think that's a big part of how I personally move through that Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah it does I think that's an important piece the idea that um like we don't have to hold the other person's discomfort that that's you know if kind of going back to your your piece of like um what you said about joy of being able to honor your joy when it's not at the expense of someone else so like if you're like you're saying you're in your truth and what you're doing is not harming the other person but it's just their feelings about what you're saying or you know their their story or whatever that that's their story and you have to um stay true to yourself. And I think witnessing that in others, like if when you see someone's story or trauma or, you know, um, shadow come through, realizing whether, whether I say it to them or not, but like just realizing that we all have stories that Mm -hmm. we're all working through and um, reactions that are quick to appear and just realizing that and recognizing it and honoring that in the other. Yeah. Really helpful. Yeah. I think for me too, that, that sort of, that boundary between what's mine and what's theirs also helps me to be, to have more empathy and compassion because I'm not making it about me. Right. I'm not like reacting to like their reaction means that I'm doing something bad. So then I react, you know, and it's like this whole circle, but instead I can sort of be able to sit there and say, this is their reaction to my boundary or whatever. And I can hold space for that better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And not letting that stop you. I mean, I know for myself, like I have let what, how I think others will react, stop me. Yes. from taking action or from moving ahead or for putting out an offer or, you know, just, it's, it's amazing how we can limit ourselves mm-hmm. based on that fear of rocking the boat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I consider myself, you know, I'm recovering people pleaser and good girl. <laughs> and I, you know, my, my design is very like, if you look at my personality typing and my Enneagram, my design is very, very um, focused around harmony. Yes. (laughs) So those kinds of things like rocking the boat is really uncomfortable for me. So I completely resonate there. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a learning curve. Um, Is there anyone whose work has been especially supportive to you in honoring yourself that you want to give a little shout out to? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I just want to shout out to like everyone. I feel like everyone has played a a part of honoring myself. I mean, we as humans, you know, we're creatures of connection and, you know, just this conversation is helping me realize how, how I honor myself and how you show up in this beautiful way to honor me honoring myself um, is really cool. So yeah, I think for me, especially the last 10 years have been really big into um, working with different mentors and coaches and masterminds and, and group programs. And I would say 
all the women I've been in communi community with along the way have really held up a mirror for me on how to honor myself and why it's important to be vulnerable and to hold sacred space with one another and just providing opportunity to, to dig deeper and to um, get uncomfortable and hold conversations that are hard and, you know, look at my shadows and, and really like sit, sit there. So having space and colleagues and um, others to sit and hold me in that space has been really supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big piece. And I think, you know, as you're talking about that, I was just thinking how our ability to show up in truth and in vulnerability can really give others permission to do the same. So, you know, and sort of circling back to the, to the motherhood thing, the piece where you're saying where if you take the time to honor yourself and you show your children that process, then hopefully that allows them to learn and to see how they can tend to themselves as well. Yes, because what a world if we can have children who can know themselves well enough to tend to themselves. I mean, that's huge right there. Yeah. What a world indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else about honoring ourselves that you feel needs to be shared today? I think this piece around trusting yourself, trusting mm. you know the way, um, not going at it alone, even though solitude can be part of it, but just really honing in on this, this permission to honor yourself. And it's not an isolated situation. Um, you know, we can build community around this and support one another even from afar and just setting up like a reminder system almost like you know reaching out to a friend or a sister or a partner or even your child you know when I think it's hard when we're in that phase where we've lost our way a bit or we're um, maxed out with everything going on in our world like it's okay to, to, to come back home to who you are and just come back to your own energy and to put the phone down, turn the TV off. You know, if that means putting your child on a TV show for 20 minutes so you can take a bath, it's okay. Like we, we find ways to nourish and tend to ourselves in the most extreme conditions. And it's really um, how we'll all get through this and and find our way and and spread our messages and embody who we are here to be mm -hmm. yeah yeah thank you for that reminder mm -hmm. thank well, you for all this work you're doing yeah yeah well thanks for being here with me today oh it's been such a pleasure yeah Thank you for joining me in the Garden of Belonging. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss any others. And if you leave a review, it really helps it reach and support more people. 
If you'd like to explore these topics more deeply, join me in the Garden of Belonging community. There's a link in the show notes for more information about that. Until next time, take care of you. Music in this episode by Dan O. Songs. <laughs>